Wasn't that an amazing start? I just love testimonies about the Lord. I just, he is so amazing. He just wants to bless us, doesn't he? And it kind of leads on to what I'm going to be speaking about today because I'm going to be following our teachings, which today is set apart to serve. So let me just put this down. When I think of serving, the very first thing that came to my mind was Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. I mean, it, I don't know about you, what, what story you would think about, but that was the very first thing that came to mind. It's a wonderful account, and it's in John 13, and I'm just going to read it. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Now, there are a couple of really important things attached to that. Firstly, Jesus is saying that he washes us clean. And unless we allow him, we have no part in him. And that's still true. Because when we accept Christ as our savior, we're accepting what he did on the cross for us. We're accepting that he paid the price, that his blood shed for us washes us clean. It washes us clean from sin. I want to emphasize that. It's not just about Jesus washing our feet or washing the disciples' feet. He washes us clean from sin. Secondly, by Jesus washing the disciples' feet, it also shows us that the Lord of lords and the King of kings humbled himself personally demonstrating how to serve each other. Now, remember the verse I just mentioned. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to wash the the disciples' feet. But he showed us not to think of ourselves as higher than anybody else, no matter who we are. He was the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and he showed us how to be humble. Now, remember, this was a time when the Jews were ruled by the Romans. So there was a constant power struggle. Many of the Jews, especially the the young men, they didn't quite get it. You know, they just wanted a fight. Even the disciples prior to this had been arguing about who was the greatest. And maybe that's why Peter was so horrified at the thought of Jesus humbling himself and washing his feet. It was just not done. There was a fight to who was the more powerful. The Romans were in control. The Jews didn't like it, obviously. Nobody likes being controlled and and oppressed. So it's an extraordinary demonstration by Jesus and teaching us 
that the higher position we find ourselves in, the more we need to humble ourselves and serve. He led by example. Jesus came to serve. He came to serve. And that contradicted the world then, and it contradicts the world now. In Romans, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. And there's an interesting account in Matthew where Jesus meets a mother and her two sons. And the mum comes to him and says, Lord, let my sons sit at your right and your left-hand side when you go into your kingdom. Jesus was really gentle with her, but he said, you don't know what you're asking. He said, and it's the father who decides anyway. I'm ad-libbing here. This isn't exactly how he put it. but So the disciples, on, on hearing the mother's re- request, were a bit annoyed. So Jesus took them aside and he said to them, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so for you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a ran- as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't ask of anyone what he wasn't prepared to do for himself. He came in humility. He showed kindness, love, compassion. And he spent his last three years walking everywhere just to set people free, to show the love of the Father, to set them free from sin, to speak the Father's word, to heal everyone he meets. He came to serve. He was born in a stable, not in the best of inns, but a stable alongside with the animals. When he was going into Jerusalem, he rode on a donkey, not a massive horse or a chariot, but on a donkey. He is all-powerful, but he chose to live his life on earth in humility and show the Father's love for us. He became an example for us. And maybe that's why some of the Jews had a problem believing he was the Messiah. They'd been praying for God to send someone to release them from this oppression. They probably expected someone to come on a chariot with fanfares, with an army behind him. But he didn't. He did exactly the opposite. He came in gentleness, in kindness, in love. And that was really difficult for them to to accept. It was very different to the religious, the religious leaders that he described in Matthew 23 when he said, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. In other words, they teach the word of God um, that was given to Moses. So practice and observe everything they tell you. But do not do what they do because they do not practice what they preach. They put heavy burdens on your shoulders but they themselves will not lift a finger to remove them. All their deeds are done for men to see. They broaden their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. I'm not quite sure what phylacteries are, but I'll leave that to the imagination. They love the places of honor and at banquets, the chief seats 
at the synagogues, always getting the best seat. The greetings in the marketplace where they're called rabbis and people used to kiss their hand and they still do it in some churches in some places. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. Do not call on anyone on earth your father for you have one father who is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. When we think of ourselves as someone higher than we are, we're forgetting that we're all sinners. Christ forgave us, and we have to forgive everyone else too. That's part of our role. We are no better. No sin is worse than another. Sin is sin. We've been forgiven and we have to forgive those who sin against us. I'm reminded of a verse in Luke. First, remove the plank out of your own eye before you can take the splinter out of your brother's. We've been shown grace and mercy, haven't we? But there are many who don't know that grace and mercy yet. Jesus showed us love, kindness, gentleness. And he served. And they in turn felt forgiven and loved. And it's so different from what they had already experienced. In 1 Peter, it says, therefore, humble yourselves. And this is the amplified version, by the way. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and set aside self-righteous pride so that he, God, may exalt you at at the appropriate time. So the Lord will lift us up. We don't have to try and do that. We just need to serve the Lord and serve each other. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul and how radically he was changed after his encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus. He had hated Christians. He had killed them. He tortured them. He didn't care. Man, woman, child. You were a Christian. That was it. But when he met the Lord... His heart was changed and he served the Lord for the rest of his life. His heart was, was just softened. In, one, uh, sorry, in Colossians 3 it says, this is what Paul says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord and not for men, since, that, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ that you are serving. What he's saying is, don't serve to be seen. He's saying, serve because you're doing it for the Lord, because that's what he taught us to do. In Philippians 1, again, the amplified version, Paul starts his letter to the Philippians, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus. Now, a bond servant meant that if someone had ran up a debt, and they couldn't pay it off, they were automatically thrown into jail. There was no such thing as claiming bankruptcy or getting a bit of help. You were put in jail, and that was it. You stayed there until that debt was paid. Now, if a family member paid it, great. If a friend paid it, okay. But you'd stay there. So the only other choice was if someone paid for you to come out, and you'd have to work for them for seven years. Then you were free, and you could start afresh. Now, on the odd occasion, sometimes that life was better than what they had previously, and they never wanted to go back to their previous life. So what they did, they offered to stay as a bond servant 
or life with that, with that master. And what they would do, they would have a nail put through their, their ear, and that was a symbol that they now belonged to that person, and they would serve them for life. And that was a bond servant. Paul was saying, from Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ, he was saying, we serve Christ by choice. There was no agenda to it. They didn't expect anything back for it, but that's what they wanted to do. Now, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness in front of men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do it in secret, and then the Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you in heaven. So we're gathering our treasures for heaven. I'd much prefer for the Lord to say, well done, than for a man to say, well done. Jesus was once asked by an expert on the law how to inherit eternal life, and Jesus asked him, what does the law say? And he answered, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, if you do this, you will live. But the man asked, but who is my neighbor? Who should I consider my neighbor? Jesus answered by giving an example of a man who was attacked on the road to Jerusalem and left for dead. No one stopped. Everyone walked by. He was beaten. They took his clothes, they took his money, they took everything, and they left him. And a priest walked by. People walked by. Nobody stopped until a Samaritan stopped. Now, just remember, at that time, Samaritans and Jews didn't get on. But a Samaritan stopped. He didn't care if he was a Samaritan or a Jew. He probably couldn't tell. But he stopped. He bandaged his wounds. He put him on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn. And he paid the innkeeper to look after him, and he said, anything else that's accrued on my way back, I'll pay. He did it not for recognition, but I bet his, his treasure is in heaven. He showed kindness and mercy just because he could. And Jesus used this story to, to tell us how we should be serving too. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I imagine that's what that poor man on the road did. I bet he was glorifying the Father in heaven. I bet he was praying, please, please send someone to help me. And I bet when that Samaritan stopped, he said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So the, pra the praise went to the father. I saw the end of a TV program the other day, and it was, there was a young man, and his daughter was having something made for him because the man goes out onto the streets, finds homeless, and he cuts their hair for them just because he wants to help them feel better because they can't afford to go and have a haircut or a shower or anything. He just goes to make them feel better. Both those people do it out of the kindness of their heart. They sacrifice their time. 
and their money sometimes. We may, a sacrifice means we do something even when we don't feel like doing it. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? When you're tired and you think, oh, I really don't want to do this. But actually that's a sacrifice. And sometimes we're told to, to issue, to offer a sacrifice of praise. Yeah? Sometimes we don't feel like praising because we're feeling low or depressed. Or maybe we feel we've got nothing to be thankful for. But when we give that sacrifice of praise and give Jesus the honor and the glory, then that peace and calm will come to us again. Yeah. And I was just thinking, actually, we, want, we might not see that, that thanks on earth, but wouldn't it be wonderful to get to heaven and hear the Father say, well done, my faithful servant. I tell you what, I want to hear that. I need to work harder. (laughs) Jesus chose to serve, and he didn't have to. He showed us how to love one another. And just to be clear about something, serving doesn't actually mean being walked over. There's a difference. And I just want to make that very clear. Jesus still took authority over sickness and over demons, and he got rid of it. We don't have to put up with the rubbish. There's a difference about, being, about serving and about putting up with stuff that we don't have to. Okay? So I just want to say that, make that clear. Has anybody ever heard of Secret Santa or Advent Angel? Anyone here who doesn't know what Secret Santa or Advent Angel is? Okay. Because I was thinking about it, and I was thinking every Christmas... Someone at work will say, shall we do Secret Santa or Advent Angel? Now, Advent Angel is you do something nice every day on the run-up to Christmas, a secret. You don't let them know who it is, but you might put a little note somewhere on their desk or make them a cup of tea in the morning, put it on their desk, or put a pack of biscuits or something, or a little smiley face or something, anything, just to encourage that person. And it's only on the run-up to Christmas. And I thought, wouldn't it be good if we did that throughout the year? Because we all get pleasure out of doing it, don't we? But for some reason, we stop at Christmas. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we started doing that? Just a thought. Anyway, I just want to acknowledge everything that you all do here to help and serve. So I do want to give thanks today. I want to give thanks for all the people who come in early. They set up the electrical. They set up the the chairs. Staying late to clear away. Making teas children's work, the newsletter, choosing worship songs each week, those who are going to learn Song Pro, and for those who just come because they're sacrificing their time because they want to praise the Lord. So I just want to acknowledge thank you to you people because the church wouldn't run without you. So this morning, to end, I thought we should give thanks to the greatest act of servanthood ever. Not just Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, but that he stepped down from heaven to live among us, to become a man, that we might live. He showed us real love. He ultimately gave his life for ours, that we should be washed clean sin so that we can be forgiven we could live we could be free we could be healed 
There is no greater love than he who lays down his life for his fellow man or woman. That's a true act of serving another. And that's what Jesus taught us to do, didn't he? So this morning, I just want to pray, play, 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 pray blessing on you. I just want to pray that, Father, every heart here has a passion to serve you. And, Father, like we heard with the testimony this morning, as people serve you, that you bless them tenfold. Father, I thank you, and I pray your blessing on everyone here. In Jesus' name. Amen.